Welcome back to Cork Stats, powered by the Mayo Media Network here on YouTube, presented by Jock Market, the very best brand new daily fantasy app. Download that bad boy for free. Use that code MMN Mayo Media Net. They're going to match you up to 100 bucks for free. If it's free, it's for me. We don't just talk it, man. You see the scars, you see the bruises. We are the men and women in the arena doing the thing every single day, getting paid in the jock market. I believe we're up to nine and a half greater than signs, better than regular DFS. And it's pretty simple. It's freedom of the market. We get to choose just the players we like and as much of them as we'd like. You don't have to get a catcher. You don't need three outfielders. It's a bit ridiculous when you think about needing a nine-hit parlay just to get paid. Jock market, not the case. Again, we don't just talk it. We live it around here. Check it out. Yesterday, we went into two different slates. If you were following along on Twitter at MLB Moving Averages, you know you got to follow everything here at Mayo Media Net. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and follow me up on Twitter. We're coming at you hot and heavy. This show is just the like the foundational bricks. We're going to be building off it all day. All right, back into the jock market. We mentioned a couple of brewers. Rowdy Telez, Keston Hiura. I lost on my bid. Telez, the last second, he hit a home run. Keston Hiura also hit a home run. And for the audio-only listeners, you can see we paid $4.50, which is exactly what I was saying. So I'm not just kind of rattling off stuff what I did in the past. I'm giving you the tools to get into the market and get paid. That $100 free they're going to give you is more than enough to do damage. You could buy one share of Keston Hira, up 121%. Later on in the day, we highlighted those Diamondbacks that no one would be looking at. Seth Beer, and again, we were talking about looking for them under 5 bucks. I got it for four sixty-five on Beer, four thirty-one on Walker. We also mentioned Angels and Brandon Marsh got him at 4 bucks. All of them were up at least 225%. And on the left side, you see a couple more images. It's a blank sheet because that's my transaction history. I have only used the $20 free promo they were giving out when they first started, and now we're up to $3,300. Boom, boom. Thank you, man. That's how you do it, man. We're in there every single day getting paid, highlighting inefficiencies. And again, unlike DFS, where the entire world can just dogpile on a single player because the price is predetermined. Us here at Mayo Media Net and Jock Market believe in the free market and let the chalk donkeys pay up. You have got to draw parameters in the real market. You don't have to do that in DFS, and that's kind of why it's for the fish. This is where the sharp players are playing. Let's use real examples like yesterday. There were players that we really, really liked. But if they're too expensive, then you have to let them go. Shohei Otani comes to mind. I usually draw my, he's a perfect example. We liked him yesterday. I have him up near the top possible values. But I won't generally go above $7.50. And it's for a reason. Each share, the top share, I should say, in Jock Market returns $25. And it's $7.50. I want to leave the pathway open for that three and a half to four times return. Anything beyond that, it's really not worth it. Otani, of course, can pay the bills. He did exactly that. But... It's okay. You have to let opportunities go when the price doesn't match your expectations. Let's just... Enough of that. Let's do more of this. Let's just make some more money. We are just printed cash. Everybody out there, me, you, and the Cork Stats crew, it's been awesome to be a part of the Mayo Media family. And now people are seeing this crazy dude with the big mouth maybe knows what he's talking about. Today's a bit of a mishmash kind of day. 
as far as scheduling goes, so I'm trying to be a little bit cleaner about that, giving recommendations that are later in the day that everyone can use, but there really aren't a lot of late games. So we have two jock market slates today, same for DFS. So the early slate in jock market is all the games but two. We want to be looking at all of the Nationals against Zach Davies right in this new progressive world. He's non-discriminant with who he gives up home runs to. So we want to be looking at Juan Soto on the bounce back and Mikel Franco. So there's another good idea of how we... Uh, uh, maybe applied pricing. So Soto is a max player. Let's call it 750. Franco is not a max player. He's probably a mid-range player. So I'd like to put those people at maybe I don't know maybe that same like four dollar and fifty cent range. I would definitely not go up above five for Franco. He might even be like a three dollar and fifty cent player below four. So I just like to think of it in tiers. 750 the very top guys. 550 guys in the middle where really that's where we really feast. That's where I think the highest quality of players can be found that have the highest probability chance of returning without having to overpay that five dollar to five fifty cent but franco is not really that kind of player we can get to a player that is we'll also be looking for diamondback righties against josh rogers so a guy like christian walker we had yesterday he'll probably be cheap again around four bucks thank you Cattell Marte. depending on the night depending on the market he can get chased up so i definitely want to make sure that i draw the five dollar and fifty cent limit on Marte. one of the players i like christian walker Cattell Marte, and carson kelly in that one in the late slate i know some people are more focused on that but jock market makes it really easy you just jump in and buy a couple shares of these guys at the prices i'm talking about just set it and forget it and if you don't get the share filled then you don't get the share filled but at least you didn't pay the price up price i should say that you didn't want to and that's what it's all about all right the late games we've got the pirates and the cubs rangers and the mariners we want to be looking at pirate lefties against lighter jr for the cubbies it's vogelback it's reynolds and yoshi so reynolds is probably a 550 player vogelback and yoshi are sub four dollar players so look for those players and now think about that the hundred dollars free just buy don't spend the whole hundred give yourself a couple days for it to mature for some maturation to occur buy a share of Vogelback at four bucks again he can hit two bombs you might close out as a $12 player or a $15 player and all of a sudden you have a couple hundred percent return on one person and that's how we build and build and build and that's how I got to where I was also we want to be looking at Rangers righties against Marco Gonzalez. He struggled with the long ball. So these are really nice players. I like this. Adolis Garcia, let's say 450. Charlie Culberson, he should be near the mid. You know I love that. Trying to highlight players that we think we can get for really cheap. And that's another one where DFS really fails. Take a player like Culberson. Word gets out that everybody wants Culberson. His price doesn't move in daily. Everybody piles on him and nothing happens. No leverage is gained in jock market. If the price is low, it means the demand is low, which means the possibility for risk-reward is very high. If Culberson becomes expensive, it means the price, the demand is high, and people are now being leveraged for it, right? The cheap player is no longer cheap, and people tend to... Man, they let a rational exuberance kind of take over. They worry more about winning auctions than paying their price, which should be the most important thing, and they get over their skis. So you saw how we do it, again, giving you all of the all of the tools, and I'd like to expand one more for the people that are not playing jock market, though I do encourage you to do that if you're not, or let's say it's not legal. I think all of the players that we mentioned are 
let's say, viable for total base bets. And the power hitters are home run calls, right? Not every one of those guys is a home run call. But a guy like, you know, Christian Walker, we want to be looking for all those guys in DFS. And maybe the more power hitters would be guys for home run calls. Maybe, let's say, Juan Soto is a home run call. Even Mikel Franco, because of the odds, you might get a plus 550, plus 600. So that's the jock market wrap-up. Everyone get in there. That's the first of the three pillars of profit. That's been my thing. The little catchphrase that's been going on lately, the three pillars of profit. It's daily jock market, it's fantasy, and then it's betting. We have money being made at all different time frames, and that's what I'm all about, right? I've got futures bets going while I have immediate bets going while I'm making moves in fantasy as I'm playing jock market and trying to make the most efficient use of that cash. I mean, I just don't, I'm just not really playing DFS anymore. Why would I want to take on a nine or a 10 player parlay where if you miss one player, you could lose out? Yesterday, I had a couple of misses, but it doesn't matter because the one big hit floats the whole team up, something that again doesn't happen in DFS. All right, this show is coming to a little bit later just a few minutes later than normal did you really think for a second i might have been sleeping late no 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 death taxes sun rising in the east setting in the west bears making dookie in the woods and the big dude up before the crack of dawn and if i'm not right on time it means something is going on and i was working on something very very special as always i really want the fantasy part of this show to be impactful there are a lot of fantasy shows and it's not to say any i don't even want to get into whether what's good or bad or better or worse i just want to be different i want to be filling holes that are not being done i want to be impactful and i want this to go out to my 10 and my 12 team h2h point home leaguers so this is really probably more of a shallow league thing let's dive into some ads Come on, check this out. I'm really proud. I'm really proud of this. And this is a shout-out to uh, the producer here, Matty Bestman. We see you back there. The guys behind the curtain don't always get the credit they deserve, but Matt has really helped me to take my production game up to the next level. So but for the audio-only listeners, I'm going to talk you through it. I put up together a little baseball diamond with all of my ads at each position, and we're going to go around the horn. Now, these are really shallow team so if you're one of my nfbc deep league guys you know try not to roll your eyes too hard i maybe have a couple names or two in here that you might know there isn't a name that my nfbc people don't know so let's get down into it i am myself in a very competitive 12 team point league and you know these are the players i'm looking at but i was digging through all the more popular kind of point sites looking for stuff so let's start behind a plate not very exciting and i would say especially in 12 team leagues this is why i don't really draft catchers in one catcher leagues because i think there are perfectly cromulent replacements uh, out there and also if you tend to pay up and the player struggles now you're stuck because of the draft capital you can't really carry a second one so 12 team leagues i wouldn't say I necessarily like to stream i like to go with the wave you know it's not like stream every week i'm just looking to churn them i'm looking for players that are getting into a groove and maybe riding for a couple weeks and if they lose some playing time or stop the hit then we're always looking at the next one, excuse me. So we want to be looking at Sean Murphy. You know, listen, there's not a lot of comp for the athletics. He's been hitting near the top of the lineup. And listen, he's pretty good. I think we had an, an anomalistic batting average here. And I think he can be really good, easily be a you know top 12 catcher in fantasy leagues. Next up, Max Stasi and then Elias Diaz. Probably the same both. You're getting a little bit of pop. You're getting some pretty good context. Both are getting the lion's share of the plate appearances. And it's funny, as a 15-team player, you're kind of surprised to see these catchers out there, which, again, I think should hammer home the point for next year at least to all my people out there i'm always trying to leave you with feathers in the cap tools in the tool bag to make you sharper 
do not draft a catcher until the very last pick from now on in your redraft leagues. There's really no point because you can get Elias Diaz, who I would have drafted anyway, and probably is going to finish as a top, like, eight catcher. So Murphy, Stasi, and Diaz be on the plate. Let's get over to first baseman. Now it gets a little more interesting. Bats, you know, bad first baseman. I know people kind of have maybe these misconceptions that home leagues are full of rubes. Well, I guarantee you, you know, my high stakes home league is not that. And, you know, people pick up on sluggers, right? They're looking at OPS. They're looking at these advanced stats now. And it becomes harder, so I'm looking at Seth Beer. Have yourself a glass. Love that dude. He's playing every single day. A big beneficiary of the DH in the National League. Really like Seth Beer playing every day. Seth Brown, it's the same argument for Sean Murphy playing every day. Top of the lineup. All that good stuff and a bit of pop. I think the platoon risk is now in the rearview mirror. Speaking of platoon risk, it's G. Manchoy for the Rays. So he is on the strong side of the platoon. So if you do isolate a week where the Rays have you know, all righties or six of seven righties, he's going to get a day off Anyway, he's playing every day, and he is raking. People kind of think of Choi as this ancillary piece. He is legit. He could play top of the lineup. Very good team. They're, they're very good. So, a guy like Choi is a perfectly good you in shallow leagues, especially, again, not to say streaming, but a couple weeks at a time. Second base, I got Michael Chavis, Owen Miller. Now, both of these guys, are they going to stick? I, I tend to think probably not, but you strike while the iron is hot, and you get ready to you know, pull the cord as soon as it gets really ugly. These are not players you need to have a ton of patience with, but especially in the case of Chavis, there was a lot of shine coming up with the Red Sox. We know he had some pop. Going to play every day for the Pittsburgh Pirates, man. Could return value. I also have Gavin Lux up there. I know he's hurt right now, but I think we we're seeing part of what people hope for. So if he's out there, and maybe if you have IL spots, definitely worth it because he's a player that could stick over the shortstop. It's a little rough here, but it's Jeremy Pena for the Astros. He's starting to get it together just a touch. Rookies are going to have their ebbs and flows. A. Eugenio Suarez is probably the player I'd be adding in head-to-head -head point leagues because of the potential pop. We've seen, you know, mid to high 30 home run power in the battle along with J.P. Crawford. Probably more of a compiler. That would be more of a streaming pick. Third base, it's Suarez again. He does have the eligibility, which I really like. Could help him stick as well. Then Hunter Dozier, who is really better in small doses, but I think you'll get a piece of the wave again. When he's good, he can be really good, but when it gets bad, you pull the cord, get out from underneath it, and Mikel Franco is going to give you some pop playing every day. Really not that desirable. I don't think he will stick. Into the into the outfield we go. I've got Brandon Marsh, Jesus Sanchez, Stephen Kwan, Connor Joe, Oscar Mercado, Anthony Santander. So I think there's a bit of a split here if you're into formats. I think Mercado gets pushed to the top because he has a chance to steal some bases. If you're in point leagues, it's probably Jesus Sanchez, Anthony Santander, and Stephen Kwan, maybe even Brandon Marsh at the back of that. Kind of like Connor Joe as well in point leagues. Though, you know, I had this conversation with somebody. I, I do play point leagues. Again, I'm very focused on all of these formats. Mats. I love making money at baseball. So, man, Joe doesn't feel like a 40-point player, right? If that's the ceiling, he doesn't feel like that. But he also doesn't feel like a five-point player, guys, that have these really tremendous, you know, disparities between min and max point outputs, which is not really something we want to mess with. So I think Joe feels like an 18-point-a-week guy, 16 or 18 points, and you'll take that. You know, believe it or not, that is a league winner. The consistent 16 helps you win the league because he floats you while you get the big spikes from guys like Solaire, right, who could give you a five and give you a fifth. 55. Yeah, the average is 30, but it's not really 30, right? It's a high end 
a low. So give you a little bit of strategy, of course, always the context and the nuance that you get when you hang with the big dude, Patty Mayo, and everybody at the Mayo Media Net. Let's wrap up with pitchers. I guess we could do relievers first. They don't have relievers here. That is a purely stream thing. Look for saves. You're looking for Bard. You know, you're looking for maybe Robles in the short term. You're looking for David Robertson. Those are category players in point leagues. I would much rather look for Sparps, that starting pitcher and relief pitcher. I'd much rather, you know, roll out. I have guys like uh, Carlos Hernandez and Luis Severino. I'm looking for guys like that. Always scanning the waiver wire for multi-eligibility guys that could get starts. Justin Steele is another one that's been, oh, he wasn't great. The last time but he's been good out of that role. Relievers I'm just not crazy about. But if you catch one that's really hot, you can get it. Right now it's not the case. You're thinking about a guy like Emmanuel Classe, right? You're looking for a solid role with tons of skills. Things that are very difficult to acquire in season. They do happen, but that's the route that I'd want, like a traditional closer, if not give me a starter. All right, let's get into the traditional starters to add in these leagues. From the top, Kyle Wright, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore. Grayson Rodriguez, Kyle Gibson, Hunter Green, Rowanzi Contreras, and Matt Branch. We're seeing a lot of similarities here outside of Kyle Gibson. He's the one that you're pitching if you're just looking for floor. I think there is some ceiling to be had. I don't think you're going to get the Ks. We've seen this early in the year. But I do think he's the best pop for 180 innings this year. He probably has the lowest ceiling, but the highest floor. Other than that, it's take your pick. I really love all these guys. A lot of them I was high on coming in. Hunter Green looks phenomenal. Matt Branch looks phenomenal. Kyle Wright looks phenomenal there at the top of the list. Next here, it's Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, who have both looked really good, along with Hunter Green. Both look really good. I think they're going to have a bit more hiccups than the others, though the roles look pretty secure. Rowanzi Contreras, somebody I have circled. If you don't have a deep bench, I don't think you could wait on him. His role looks like it's going to be a bit muddied at first, though. Given time, I do think he'll step into a full-on starter's role. Grayson Rodriguez, I have been storing personally in my big keeper league because he has all the makings of an ace and he is dominating triple a he could be up as soon as the rules that hurt the orioles bringing him up will be there which is a shame that they're not worried about competing or pleasing fans are worried about money which is kind of the way of the world so there's the fantasy thing that's the second pillar of profit told you we're gonna do it all everybody that's your daily stuff with stacks and fantasy, a little bit of sharp ads all the way around the diamond with a bit of strategy to boot. All right, let's uh, round third. Let's score this ball. Let's dive up into the betting board. Again, the betting board is very disparate today. There's games all over the place. So rather than give a best bet, which I have found people, you know, well, what if this? What if the price moves? What if it flips from favorite underdog? It becomes this like solely focused thing when I don't do that. And I don't preach that you do that. I want us to all have our heads on a swivel, being able to think and apply the things that we talk about during the day. And of course, I'm here for you throughout the day. Get at us in the comments, on Twitter, in the comments, on YouTube, in the comments, on Apple Pods. Get at us. We're here for you. This is what I live for to help you get forward, fill the wallets, and for some of you to even create like a you know, an income, right? So I understand as recreational betters, and that's fine. I have fun tweeting emojis as well. But I have taken this love of math and risk and sports and turned it into, I mean, I've now turned it into a primary income. There is a lot of work to be done if you're just starting between then and there, here, right? Here and there, funny things are everywhere. But 
It can be done. And if you're really focused and you stick with somebody like me who is not going to lie to you and always giving you these very boring tips sometimes, listen, that's how you do it. All right, let's dive up into the betting board, the way I see it. I got Dylan Cease on the road against the Guardians and Plesak as a minus 140 favorite. Yes, I generally draw my limit at minus 130 for Juice, but that is a misprice. I might even like the plus money on the run line. The Guardians are good, but they're not great. The offense has started to fall off. Keigel was really bad yesterday. Give me Cease. He is like a Cy Young guy for sure. Maybe you can even pair it with somebody like the Yankees minus 170 against Detroit, though. The Yankee offense has really been a bit kind of stagnant. You know, when they're walking and barreling the ball, again, I'm not trying to make excuses because I, I love the pinstriper so much. It has nothing to do with it. I bet against them all the time. I'm generally looking for underpinning statistics, right? Show me a team that's showing patience and making good contact, and I think the results will come. Yankees are like top three in ex-WOBA, which means, you know, it's a lot. Ex-WOBA is not perfect, but it is a very good amalgamation stat, combining exit velocity and launch angle with speed. Like, it really tells a pretty good story. When there's a tremendous, you know, difference between WOBA and ex-WOBA and WOBA, being the thing hot, most highly correlated to run output. We know it's coming. So I think the Yankee offense is on the way, but you got to stomach some juice. Michael Pineda has been kind of a tough character. I'm not crazy about the Detroit bullpen. So maybe you pair the Yankees and the White Sox if you're not into that White Sox run line. I like Boston minus 105 to beat the Blue Jays outright. Now, Grant that I mentioned this yesterday, we don't really want to pay to face the Blue Jays, but minus 105 feels pretty good to me. Tanner Houck over Kevin Gaussman. I think we have a distinct pitching edge. Gaussman, I'm really not that high, and he's good, but not great. We saw him fall off at the end of the year and both of these offenses are very good. I like the Boston more F5 in particular. Let's let Houck dominate for five. Let's cash the ticket early and then get out of there. Next up, Minnesota Twins, minus 130 favorite. I think they easily handle the Royals. Maybe that's another game to pair. Maybe I'll do a bit of a round robin today. Right, I always like to be creative and tell you how there are other ways to make money than just kind of smashing things, right? The 300-500 unit whale lock of the century standing in front of a private jet holding onto a pink suitcase. How could we lose well you know how you lose because you're not focused on what makes people win which is kind of moving with the market and if you're unfamiliar we could do a real lesson a good lesson really quick on the way out the door something that i like to preach sometime is a round robin if you have three bets let's say uh, especially it could work for favorites where you don't want to pay the juice you make three separate pairs a and b b and c a and c creating three unique pairs where two of three should pay off the entire thing but you got to play with the math that's something i'm going to get into probably at the athletic in one of my betting articles so i think that'll do it you got a couple picks there and one last thing how about over arizona and washington zach davies and josh rogers gas king and city bad offenses that total shouldn't be nine it should be nine and a half or it should be ten we're going over on that one as well so there you have it everybody all of that and a bag of chips the three pillars of profit daily and dfs fantasy plus betting with the big dude at mayo media net hit the like button subscribe to the channel download the jock market app use the code mmn 100 bucks free if it's free it's for me we gave you the names we gave you the prices i gave you the twitter handle the dms are open not much else more i can do than actually put in you know the codes for you and if I, there was enough time in the day i probably would so you know you get with us you're gonna get paid and that's just the way it is if you want any more of what i'm doing i literally never stop this is just the first brick of the house that gets built every single day starting pitcher ranks are coming i run the algo i grade every single game we will put out you know the bets the premium hits with 
quick write-ups and strategic deployments, the actual amounts, how to bet. Yesterday, we hit a really lovely parlay. I put out a parlay every single day because I know people are into that stuff. It's a good way to expose yourself to those favorites that I mentioned that you don't want to pay dues for. Again, I don't parlays are good or parlays are bad. We don't like to deal in absolutes. Leave that for Sith Lords. Boom. All right, everyone, that'll do it. Thanks for picking up what we're putting down. We really appreciate your time. Get at us so we can get back to you. That catches on the flip side. Remember, man, when you work this hard, winning, it just feels a lot less like luck, don't it? Damn right, yo. Peace.